Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Well, ladies and gentlemen, good evening and uh, welcome to episode two, season one um, on your favorite rugby league show here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We appreciate you um, tuning in tonight and introducing you to my colleague, uh, Brad Inger from Brad's Ramblings. Good evening, Brad. Good evening, Sanjay. We've got a special show for you guys tonight. We um, also come up with a name for the show. And from now on, if anyone asks you what your favorite rugby league show is, you can tell them it's the standoff with Sarge and Brad. Yeah, excellent. Um, as always, we're here on Wednesday evenings to bring you um, the week that was rugby league. And we'll cover everything that you need to know in the week that was. Um, we'll cover the top stories of the week, um, preview round four, um, and oh, sorry, we'll cover the top stories of the week, um, have a look at round four and preview round five, um, and then we'll take a look at the international uh, games, if any, and um, women in rugby league as well. And while you're live here on Facebook, you can also catch our show via our podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. Um, you can also check me out on Brad's Ramblings on Facebook as well. So tune in and get your rugby league news. Great, we'll crack right into the top stories of the week. And um, I think without doubt on this side of the Tasman, uh, much has been spoken about Sean Johnson um, at the uh, Sharks. However, they did come off a victory, which we'll dive into a little bit later. But um, I'd just like to go on uh, and just give a bit of uh, feedback in terms of what is being said over the Tasman and uh, locally in terms of Sean Johnson. Um, and yeah, it seems that now they're second guessing themselves as, as to whether they've made a good decision in, um, you know, acquiring his services for three years. Um, Brad, what do, you, what do you have to say about that? I think it's a lot of the same critiques he was getting when he was here. Um, for He gets a lot of money, as they say, and um, there's a lot of expectation on that. And Cooper Conk came out pretty hard on him, I think. Um, I, don't, I don't know where to stand on it at the moment. I think he he's rocks and he's rocks and diamonds, and um, yeah, nothing's really changed. Um, he'll give you good, he'll give you bad. You just got to go with the ride. Yeah, there was a, there was some interesting um, comments made by uh, some of the media this week in that um, the, around the level of contact that he's willing to put himself through, and it wasn't until they sort of mentioned it that I sort of 
um, overanalyze a little bit. And I mean, he does come from a touch rugby uh, foot, uh, touch rugby background, so he is instinctually, you know, always trying to escape defenders. I mean, I guess anyone is, but in terms of um, you know player contact, I think that you know he does have to um, hit the line a bit more, and he does have to be willing to sacrifice himself a little bit more. Um, and and I think you know you might see a better Sean Johnson if he's willing to sort of um, go down that path. But um, yeah, I mean at the moment, like since since winning the Golden Boot in 2014, um, he's ultimately been pretty disappointing, uh, both for the Warriors and the Sharkies. And yeah, um, you know uh, Cooper Conk saying like he's firing blanks. He's not worth the 800k that he's on for three years, and he's more of a headache than anything else. So yeah, I just um, I don't know. Uh, obviously. You know, the coaching staff have also, you know, expressed a little bit of disappointment in his performance. So um, we'll, we'll definitely have a look at it further when we um, jump into um, the round four. Yeah, definitely. Um, other than that, I mean, the Tigers, uh, Josh Reynolds, um, third, third third drug test, um, some sort of, um, you know, the, the, again, the, the media trying to make something out of nothing here. I think that he was cleared to play um, and he's taking Benji's spot this weekend. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, there was Buzz. We, we talked about Buzz Rothfield last week, um, but he he came off pretty quick. He he got some news and he just put it out there straight away without actually doing any fact-checking, uh, which is getting a lot of people's necks up because it's at the moment it seems to be just getting it out there first as opposed to getting information out correct. So, yeah, uh, there was a false negative um, or oh, a false positive, sorry, on the side of the road, and then he's tested negative back at the station, and I believe he's got a third uh, test currently pending, but it all seems to be fine. Uh, it just seems to been a little bit too quick to try to get to the papers. Yeah, just, um, you know, one of those situations where they're trying to make a story out of nothing, really. So um, I know we're mentioning it. We're mentioning it, um, you know, for the sake of mentioning it, I suppose. But um, uh, you've got some news on the Warriors there, uh, Brad. That um, and Yeah, so they've um, announced this week a partnership with Redcliffe Dolphins in uh, the Queensland Cup uh, to be a feeder club. Uh, it sounds like I, I haven't been able to investigate too much yet, but it sounds like we're completely shutting down the New South Wales Cup side that would be competing in Sydney and just fully going with Redcliffe. Good or bad, I, I'm not too sure. There's some good talent that comes out of Redcliffe. It's just a question of what's going to happen with the talent here. Are they going to have to relocate over there if there's no no New South Wales Cup or are they just going to end up playing Fox Memorial while they're here? Um, I'm hopeful that the Warriors come out with some more information for the fans um, by the end of the weekend. Yeah, definitely but, would be uh, interesting. Yeah, uh, so we just got to wait and see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, it could be good for the club. And um, yeah, I, I, um, sorry, Brad. No, you go. Yeah, no, I was just saying, um, like obviously with um us the feeder club coming out of new south wales at the moment so if if the um if they do go north i mean which they have done then are you saying that potentially the um you know the 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 fox memorial could be the uh, feeding ground for the warriors and only the um fox memorial yeah well i think yeah because they they've shut down the new south wales cup team which is based in new zealand um that travel over so i don't know they haven't really explained what they're going to be doing with all the young talent that's here. If they're shipping them over 
to to Redcliffe or they're going to stay here and they're going to do another league for them. Um, we, we it's just it's fresh off the press, so they just haven't really given us all the info yet. Cool, cool. Uh, got, next you... up, we've... yep, oh, I got it. Next um, one, we got the the dragons. So um, McGregor met with the board yesterday about his future, and um, most people thought it was it. He was going to get the the boot, but the board's backed him, and he's still coach. The the only question is how long. Yeah, I think that um, basically, uh, I think that the, the media asked him this week, "Are you are you afraid?" Um, He's like, no, I'm not afraid. Um, I could lose my job, but I'm not afraid. So um, he's very well aware of the situation that he's in and another poor performance on the weekend, which we'll have a look in a little bit. Um, so, yeah, he's on thin ice. But um, at the moment, I guess you'd have to ask yourself, who's going to take his shoes? What's going to happen long term? Um, he's been there for a few years now, hasn't he, at, at the Dragons, Brad? He has, yeah. He's been there a couple of years now. Um, I know they are interested in bringing Shane Flanagan in but he's still currently suspended from being a head coach due to all the stuff with Cronulla and, and the peptides. Um, so I think McGregor's just really going to be there until they're allowed to take Flanagan and then they're going to ship him off. Yeah, um, I heard some um, stories about Flanagan as well, is that he he could be potentially linked back to the Sharks after um, his whole ordeal ends. Um, that's, I don't know, that, that, that's again um, something that's come out of Australian media. Um, and there's potential that he could be um, linked back there. Obviously, they won a premiership, didn't they, with him? Um, so uh, is that correct, Brad? Was it He was the one that um, took them to the premiership um, a few years back? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was in the um, – when they were told he wasn't allowed to coach, they brought in Josh Morris, who's quite young. But um, we've just got to wait and see what happens there. He might decide that he likes the challenge at St. George more. Oh, excellent. Well, moving on, um, we've got um, you know Benji Marshall being dropped uh, this week, and um, and that's a big call. I think that was made yesterday in terms of the game this coming weekend. Um, Brad, what do you make of it? I was a bit surprised. We were talking last week about how he's turned back the clock and played really well. And Millie in the game we're going to talk about in a little bit. He didn't play that great, but he wasn't drop worthy. I feel plenty left in the tank. Um, it's gone from bad to worse for him this week because he, he's been basically put in a little bit of isolation because he gave a, a reporter a pick on the cheek today and um, she's off for a COVID test. So um, even if he wasn't dropped, he wouldn't be playing this week anyway. But um, we just got to see what happens. He'll, he'll be back there sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. I think... Um... You know, that was a shock to me as well to see that he's been omitted from this this weekend's fixtures. But um, at the same time, um, they're, they're not exactly setting their world on fire. And, um, you know, they, they're probably looking at some options there as well. But we'll have a look at that uh, later on. Um, but, yeah, it's not. Yeah, all right. Well, let's crack into round four. On Thursday night, we had uh, the Broncos losing to the Roosters 59-0. Um, it was the biggest loss in the club's history and just makes matters worse with that 58-0 loss to Parramatta in the finals last year. Uh, what are your thoughts on it, Sanj? Yeah, I think that um, obviously it's, a, it's, it's it's been a pretty tough week for the old Broncos. Um, you know, 59 nothing after 
a terrible defeat um, in the late, late stages of 2019 at Parramatta. Um, Seabold is under all sorts of pressure. He's, um, you know, he's come out in a few interviews. He has taken responsibility, admittedly. Um, he, he seems fairly genuine, but uh, I think that, you know, he made the harsh calls to, to basically, you know, um, you know, ramp up the roster and, and sort of shake out the cobwebs. And, you know, by getting rid of Nicarima Maguire, um, you know, and Andrew McCulloch, um, who had a fantastic game for the Knights on the week on the weekend as well. I think that, you know, he basically stripped them of all their experienced players because as it stands right now, I, I was told that, you know, the, there's only, there's, there's less than, there's only around 10 players, um, there's, there's about 10 players, sorry, that have played less than 30 NRL games. So that yeah. is a very inexperienced, um, very inexperienced team to be, you know, playing in the NRL. And obviously those other three that have been omitted from the roster um, would have, you know, would have um, bought that experience. And of course, they didn't anticipate Matt Gillette, unfortunately, um, getting medically retired there, Brad. Yeah, that's right. And um, you got um, they've been very up and down. I think the problem is he has based his whole game plan around the three young forwards in Payne Haas, David Fafita, and Pangai Jr. And two out of the three are actually not available right now. So he's got about $4 million worth of talent on the sidelines right now. And uh, they've got Ben Teo they've brought back from England from Rugby Union to try to help bring some experience in. Um, but it's it's not looking good for Broncos fans right now. What do you think they're going to do? Do you think they're going to look at Seabold and, and try and move him on? I don't think they can. I think they, they went through so much to bring him in, um, getting rid of Wayne Bennett, that I think they're kind of stuck with him now, as bad as that sounds. But they need to... Um, yeah... I'm lost for words on what they can do. They they seem to be in trouble. I think they're just waiting for those injuries to come back. And then if the results keep going the way they are, then they're in serious trouble. Could be in for a long season. Um, but yeah, I mean, on the on the, on the flip side for the Roosters, I mean, no Tedesco, no worries. Um, they've had a, you know, um, Morris had a blinder. And uh, the inside centres are where they sort of, um, you know, did a lot of the running. And the inexperienced centres at the Broncos really just had no answer. They just teared them to shreds right up the middle and. You know, it was an interesting point that um, uh, I think it was Michael Ennis made uh, on one of the shows the other day. Uh, he said that basically, like, you know, your centres, they have to be very adaptable and they have to be very experienced. Um, they're not some, you know, obviously there's going to be new centres, but when you're playing up against an experienced lineup and when they're attacking you right on the edge of the ruck on every occasion, you know, there's always going to be, um, you know, deficiencies there if you're not up to speed with which way to go, so to speak. You know, so it's very interesting that position of centre is fast becoming one of the most important uh, positions in our game because of the because of the speed of the play. I think that you know, like um, the running game has become more apparent. Um, you know, five eights and and and, and fullbacks are almost, you know, they're almost the same position kind of thing. So it's it's yeah, it's it's definitely enjoyable to watch. Um, but I mean, this is what can happen as a result of you having inexperienced centres there, though. As a, you can, you know, you'll drag up score lines like fifty nine nothing, but um. But yeah, I think that um, you know Broncos got you know a lot of work to do, and just have to wait and see. Yeah, and next up, of course, on Friday night we had the Panthers defeating the Warriors twenty six nil. Uh, bit of a disappointing game. Uh, the Warriors uh, have crashed back to reality with that performance. The biggest concern was the lack of attack. They've now gone uh, two out of four without scoring a single point. Um, 
all those points have basically been in one game, which was the win against the Dragons. But their their biggest issue was errors. They had 14 errors during the game. Um, one Only one line break, a couple of offloads, and their defensive line speed was woeful. Yeah, I think that uh, the Warriors are in real trouble. Um, again, I mean, we were talking them up last week after an um, 80-0 victory after the Dragons, and we both picked them to win this week. Maybe there's a little bit of optimism in that, but um, the reality is the way that they played on the weekend, it wasn't anything new to Warriors fans, unfortunately. Um, you know, trapped in your own half, pounding away, trying to get out of there, a, a very small back five, a back five that couldn't penetrate the line and couldn't get yardage uh, up against their opposition. And that just makes it tough trying to win games of rugby league from your own half. It just doesn't happen. You know, these Australian teams, they are charging at you all the time. And 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 I just don't understand why we are the team that doesn't seem to be um, playing as fast as everyone else, Brad. Yeah, I thought they were playing really fast against the Dragons, but we've seen how bad the Dragons have been lately. So I think it was a bit of a bit of a, a little little uh, misdirect, and um, they're really missing their big guys out the back. So Kim Mamalo, David Fusatua, hopefully they're back soon um, to get some size out the back. You've got um, guys like Tohu Harris. Um, who's been playing really well since coming back from the break. Um, Katoa. Um, Wade Engen's been playing well, but there's a lot of stuff he could be doing better. He needs, um, with this fast pace, you've seen a lot of teams really exposing people by running out of the, the, the ruck area, and he isn't doing that yet. I know the coaches have been pushing that that's something they want to bring in. So this week we might see that. But... Um, yeah, there's a lot of young guys in there which who are doing quite well. They just need a little bit more help. Yeah, I just, yeah. No, I think you're right. Um, but I, I just want to touch on, you know, the halves combination as well. Um, look, Blake Green, look, I, I whenever I watch this guy play, he just seems very calculated. Now, when I say very calculated, the way that he runs at the line, the way that he kicks the ball, the way that he kicks for touch, it's, it's almost like he wants it to bounce end on end perfectly, and, and that's how he plays rugby league. Now, um, the modern-day 5'8 or halfback, you know, running at the line, being quite um, flamboyant, being quite, uh, you know, instinctual at the line, I think is important. I think he just doesn't have it. He's, he's definitely a good player, and he's a good halfback, but is he a halfback that's going to take us to uh, a premiership victory? I don't know. I'm having doubts. Eh? I've always had doubts since he's been here, and, um, yeah, just just little things that he's doing. Um, I just find that he he doesn't penetrate the line like other halfbacks. He doesn't create as much many opportunities either. And I think that he really has to just take a take a few more risks, uh, you know, and, and and back himself a little bit more, um, and, and play like the Warriors play. I think he plays a little bit differently from perhaps the rest of the team. I know that may, may sound odd, but I just think that yeah, he he just needs to become a bit more of a free 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 ranging halfback and just. Just play, you know, play what's in front of you. Have a look, look behind the gaps, you know, look for the opportunity that's, um, you know, perhaps not there and and, and and play towards that. So, yeah, um, but, you know, that's that's just um, one part of it. I don't think that that's the answer for the Warriors. It's just, um, you know, a premier halfback. I think that there's other issues there, um, which clearly illustrated on the weekend. Yeah, definitely. I think Blake Green, yeah, his style of play contradicts the rest of the team, which... There's no cohesiveness there. And 
I I would be bringing in Chanel Harris Tavita, just a little bit of spark. Worst case scenario, it doesn't work, but it's not working now. So why not and try? Tavita, and you're right. And I think he had a couple of good games pre. Was he? He was playing pretty well pre COVID, wasn't he? He had a couple of um starts, and so he's not injured. He's just been not picked at the moment, Brad. Just just not picked at the moment. Okay, okay. So well, yeah. I mean, hey, look, that's that's you know that's one part of it. Um, like you said, Tohu Harris, Tohu Harris. Sorry, he's had two good games in a row now, and um, he really played his heart out the other day. Um, I think that you know he he definitely deserves a mention, and um, Egan as well. I think that you know those two for me were the players of the game. Um, but still, yeah, absolutely. Um, pumped is the word I would use. I would say that Burton, Matt Burton, though, on the other hand, he had a fantastic game, and um, there's been a lot said about him this week in the media. And and the fact of the matter is, um, you know, he could be a real threat. Um, and and it looks like it'll be him and Cleary this weekend, Brad. Yeah. So he he got after that good showing. He he got to keep his job when Cleary came back this week. Um, very talented. Very quick. Um, he had a lot of accuracy with his kicks, and he was playing like his job was on the line because it was. And. Um, yeah, it's good to see some young talent coming through with a bit of heart. So, I, I'm I'm enjoying seeing what he's going to do in the future. Yeah, he definitely. Um, you know, he definitely he reminds me similar. He, he plays a similar style to, I guess, um, what's his name down in Melbourne? Uh, his name just eludes me at the moment. Uh, the Queensland five uh, eight, who we're going to talk about in just a second. Munster, yeah, Cameron, Cameron, sorry, Cameron Munster, sorry, the name just, you know, but um, he's sort of, he, he's got a similar free-ranging kind of style to him, and um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he looks like he's going to be a, a huge threat in the future, but yeah, overall, I'm just totally disappointed in the Warriors, obviously, Um, there's also an injury for, uh, sorry, the Ken Mamala injury, we know when he's back, Brad? Uh, I'm hoping, I think the last time they said was like round six, round seven, because it was a hamstring I'm hoping for sooner, but they've penciled in around round six. Right. Well, um, hey, look, uh, let's hope, you know, for Warriors fans and for us as well that, that they can kick back and, um, well, not kick back, they can kick on and, and give us some results um, this coming weekend because a lot of the teams are starting to really play some uh, fantastic footy and we don't want to get left behind. So I'm um, saying that we'll crack into the next game um, of the round, which was on Friday night. We had the Storm up against the Rabbitohs. And I called it last week that you're not going to beat this Melbourne team twice in a row. Um, you, well, Melbourne don't, aren't going to have back-to-back losses. Um, the Rabbitohs, apparently, they've never beaten Melbourne in Melbourne. And, uh, yeah, Melbourne came away with the points, 22-8, to and which was a fairly, you know, a fairly, uh, you know, natural performance uh, for the Melbourne who look like they're getting used to the new rules, Brad. Yeah, um, after giving them a bit of stick, saying they wouldn't adjust to this new style of play they came out and did just that so they they figured out how to still do their wrestle but not as long which has stopped them getting those six again calls against them and um they impressed me they played really well but i think on the losing side latrell mitchell had his best performance in a rabbitohs jersey and is starting to show that that quality player he was for the roosters um which can only do good things for the rabbitohs yeah, I think um, you know, it was a tight it was a tight tussle and I think that uh, you know Wayne Bennett wouldn't have been overly disappointed in 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 the in the way that they played. He'd probably be disappointed that it got out to 22-8 um and that was probably not a true reflection of how tight it indeed was, but 
Yeah, look, um, the Rabbitohs, they're, they're still, you know, um, they're, they're a team to look out for, I think. I think that, you know, they'll develop and, you know, season, he's a seasoned campaigner, obviously, Wayne Bennett. So um, with Latrell at the back, they've, they've, got a, they've got a little bit of getting used to um, each other as well because, you know, he's new to it. Um, so they're, they're, their combinations are still taking a little bit of time to sync, but I reckon they're going to be right there or thereabouts come finals time. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then next up, we had the uh, the Eels beating the Sea Eagles nineteen to sixteen, and the the most talked about game of the round. Um, I thought Mitchell Moses was outstanding. Eels are now four and zero for the first time since nineteen eighty nine. Um, Manly fought back though; they were eighteen two down. So to come back um, and almost win it with the um, the forward pass that. <laughs> I personally don't think it was a forward pass, but Graham Allen's least come out and said that the refs got it wrong as well. But that seems to happen with um, the Eels. The the Warriors had the same thing happen last year against them at Bank West. Yeah, they've obviously um, throughout the week. They've uh, well since the weekend. Sorry, they've they've overanalyzed this pass. And you know, if you watch it, if you watch it like a computer game, it, it's forward. You know, the line where the ball goes, it's forward. But if you're talking about, uh, you know rugby league momentum um had the player pass that point where was the ball when it landed in the in the in the recipient's hand um there's all sorts of questions but i just can't believe they made such a balls up out of it like i i, I don't think that it should have been called forward um and i don't think it should have um i, th- I don't think the try should have been disallowed as a result but um i, I also um you know it's interesting as you say um in, in terms of the pass uh, you know, people are starting to question perhaps um, would a second referee have made a difference? I don't know. I don't think so. I think it was just, you know, he, it was one of those passes that was always going to be borderline. Um, a fair, fair bit of contra- controversy around it. Um, and, yeah, I just yeah, I just think that um, it was blown out of proportion. I think, you know, the players took it quite well. So um, let's just move on. Yeah. So, yeah, then next up on Saturday, we had the uh, Sharks defeating the Cowboys 26-16. Sharks' first win of the season. Um, After all the flack Johnson got, he he played really well in that game. Um, A few few kicks didn't go where they wanted, but he got got a few tri-assists and that out there, and he's starting to click with his outside edges, which is where the Cowboys struggled. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting that right edge, uh, you know, they're going to be quite competitive down that right-hand flank of the side, uh, right-hand side of the field, sorry. And, um, you know, if they can get, you know, obviously with Jesse Ramian uh, there, he had two tries on the weekend um, and, you know, probably his best game they're saying for a couple of years. So, um, you know, with, with him being able to sort of, you know, produce that kind of, you know, dent in the opposition centres on that right edge, I think that could be a real threat uh, for other sides in the competition. And, um, you know, you've got to be, you know, you've got to be pretty quick to, to play against Sean Johnson. I know that we've just talked about him earlier, but um, he can, if he's, if he is given half an opportunity, then, you know, he can create gaps and, and, and if got speed men around him, then definitely, um, definitely there's going to be tries to be had on that right side. Definitely. And the Cowboys were their own worst enemies. They, they made 17 errors in that game. And um, if you don't have respect for the ball, um, it's not going to respect you. And they were punished because of it. Um, they had some injuries. They, they, they obviously Jason Tomalolo, the biggest one. Um, 
he should be back. He's been named in the extended bench this week. Um, so if he does come back, it'll be good for Cowboys fans, Not probably not so much for Warriors fans. But um, Cohen Hess has actually been brought straight back in as well. So they've got some of their big boys back, which I think will help. Yeah, the Cowboys, um, obviously, like they, they like to lead from the front, don't they, with the likes of Tamalolo. Um, so, yeah, it should be interesting once those uh, characters are back and see if um, what they can do in round five. Um, but what we'll move on to now is uh, what I would say is the shock of the round for mine. I'm not going to call it the game of the round, but definitely the shock of the round for mine. Uh, the Knights 34 versus the Raiders 18. Um, and, yeah, basically um, a fantastic performance by the Knights. They absolutely um, beat them up the middle. And uh, it was a it was a very very strong performance from an undefeated Knights team who are now second on the ladder. And the start that they've had, um, you know, uh, the coaches the coaches are thrilled with it. So, yeah, I, I think that um, you know Ponga had a fantastic game. Um, his involvement was was huge, and he's already starting to be be compared to the likes of you know um, Bradley Clyde, Fitler, Laurie Daly. So he's only 18 years old, um, I believe, and you know he's got a long way to go. So. If he's already been compared to the likes of those great players, then I think we're going to see a lot more from this kid, um, Brad. Yeah, he definitely made up for for lost time after not being there last week. Um, I think he he scored basically almost on his first touch, and um, he's an exciting player. And yeah, the Raiders, they, I, I don't know if they got too far ahead of themselves. Thinking, uh, everyone talking them up, and they kind of let it off after the Knights had that draw against the Panthers. Um, but yeah, I, it was definitely a wake up call uh, for them, and I, I don't want to be their opponents this week, that's for sure. No, I think that yeah, um, you know, they they definitely had a fantastic game uh, on the weekend, and um, you know, the fact that they've actually now managed to you know not go. Uh, you know, go without, they haven't lost yet. Um, they've basically had that draw, obviously, against the Penrith Panthers. Um, I think that they are going to be uh, a team to be reckoned with as well. Um, particularly, um, they've still got a few stars to come back in their lineup. And yeah, I just, um, you know, the Raiders, uh, well, I've never, I haven't seen them play that badly for quite some time. Um, it was quite a shock to actually um, see that. I, I, I tipped them to definitely win. Um, but the fact that they lost 34 18. Um, it was interesting, Ricky Stewart has come out and said, you know, um, he's keen to quickly forget that game. So, uh, you know, they, they, they don't want to be um, dwelling over it because I think that there's a psychological thing about this game that if they really let it get to them, then it could be um, detrimental to the way that they uh, approach coming games. Um, you know, for example, Ricky said that um, they played like children and it was the worst that they've played in two years. So... Um, yeah, we just have to wait and see what happens with the Raiders coming this coming weekend. Obviously, um, we've predicted them, Brad, as um, being you know contenders or there or thereabouts. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I think they're still there. I think every team just needs a bit of a reality check from time to time, which they've definitely got now. Um, so that takes us into Sunday's first game, which is my shock of the round with the Titans defeating the Tigers twenty eight to twenty three. Um, yeah, what do you think about it? I think yeah, if this was a game of the round for mine. Um, I know that a lot of people would say that the Manly versus Eel game was the game of the round, but, but if you watch this game, and I, I watched the entire game, uh, for, uh, you know, in, in terms of the Titans game, and uh, you always just thought uh, on this occasion that the Titans were going to get there. They were twelve nil. They were they had twelve point deficits twice in the game, and 
they, but they, however, they looked physically strong. And you know, I thought it was going to be their night. You know, um, and to come back, come from twelve nil deficits twice. Um, I think Jason Holbrook, uh, you know, he was a very happy man. Uh, he, post-match interview, you know, he looks very calm and collected for his four games in now, and that's his first victory. But um, he, he's more happy for everyone at the club. He seems like a real team player, and he seems like, you know, from from, from what I've seen so far, he looks a good coach. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it was – they were almost a year since their last win. It was 364 days since their last victory. So I'm sure the whole club would have been wrapped to finally get one up. And, um, yeah, they just didn't look like they wanted to quit. And they've had that this year in a few games. I think it was round two. No, round one, they played the Raiders, and they got blown off the park in the end, but they were competitive for a long stage. So they've got some talent there. They've just got to get it all to, to work together. And um, they might not get the wooden spoon this year like everyone thought they would. Yeah, I think you're right. When you when you talk about like um, they didn't give up or they didn't throw the towel in and they played for the full 80. But um, I think what we've seen in recent weeks with the new uh, rules and the speed of the game in this in this in this competition this year, it could have easily been a blowout, Brad. And the fact of the matter is that they held on and held on and held on, and so they made a contest of it. And dare I say, this is what we want the Warriors to do. I know we, we've already um, had, had a chat about the Warriors game. But um, this is what the Titans did on the weekend. They made a game of it. And I thought it was fantastic to um, to see them get a victory. I, I was really happy for them because they've been battered and bruised. And I think last year as well, they were going to um, get eliminated from the competition. And, you know, but the Gold Coast, they, they've always traditionally struggled. It would be a really good story to see if they can, um, you know, turn it around this year and, and, and go, some, go somewhere with their rugby league. Yeah, definitely. Um, it will be interesting to see. Um, but unfortunately, we're going to the last game of the round, which was probably the worst game I've seen in a long time, which was the Bulldogs beating the Dragons 22-2. to um, It's the battle for the wooden spoon right now, and it was boring, to be blatantly obvious. Um, the Dragons are in a dire need of a wake-up call. I don't know what's going on with the club, but... They only scored two points in that game, and that was in the first five minutes. So there were 75 minutes where they were not scoring points, and they never looked like they were going to. Um, the Bulldogs weren't that great, but Kieran Foran's return um, showed promise. So the Bulldogs, if they can get a bit of that Titan spirit in there, they could cause some upsets along the line too. Yeah, 22 to 2. It's not a flattering scoreline, but um, hey, at least he scored two points, uh, you know, this weekend. Um, yeah, it's, there's nothing better than um, getting a point on the board, but when you get none, you sort of um, you, you walk away a tad disappointed. But yeah, I think it was a very boring game. Um, you know, I didn't watch the whole thing. I, I was that bored, you know, uh, just even watching half half time. I was just like, oh, this is not going to be something that you're wanting to watch. But Hey, look, I I, I, I plowed on and I, I definitely saw that, you know, the, the the wooden spoon battle is well and truly on. And I think you have to chuck um, a few other um, clubs in the mix. And at, at the moment, dare I say, the Warriors uh, would probably be part of that lower end group of the competition. Um, I don't think we're going to end up last, but I, I just think that, yeah, um, that's where we're compared to at the moment. End of the line for McGregor. I think, um, you know, the writing's on the wall for him. Um, I just don't know what options they have really um, if they do get rid of him. So it'll be interesting to see what happens um, this weekend. Um, and yeah, the, the week that was next week when we analyze this, we'll be able to 
perhaps give you an update on Paul McGregor. Yeah, for sure. So um, before we move on, we should talk about our picks. That we did. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, not a good week. Um, <laughs> I got three from eight. Um, yeah, I've, I've let myself have three from eight. I know I didn't exactly pick a winner in the Bulldogs-Dragons game, but it was as boring a game as anything. So I think that you let me have that one, Brad, and I'll end up at three from eight as well. Yeah, I think we were pretty close. I think we were only we disagreed on the the Storm Rabbitohs game, so you you bet me on that one. Um, but yeah, hopefully our picks are a bit more accurate this week. Yeah, well, it's going to take um, a couple of weeks for us. Oh, sorry. No, you go. No, it's going to take a couple of weeks for us to sort of um, get used to, you know, the teams again. And I think you know, even now that we're a couple of weeks in, um, we're starting to really see which teams are, are serious contenders and which teams are struggling. You know, there's always there's always those teams in the middle of the road as well, and we traditionally have always been one of those teams, uh, the, the New Zealand Warriors, that is. But, um, yeah, the, 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 the level of excitement, um, Brad, I have to say, is it's there, and, uh, you know, it, it's it's gotten the sporting world buzzing again uh, to have this great game of ours back. Yeah, definitely. Um so before we get on to the, the round five previews, uh, we should answer some questions. Paul, have you got some questions there for us? Yep. Yeah, so over on the YouTube, um, there was the question of uh, uh, basically, are the Warriors um, in the uh, spoon mix with the Dragons and Dogs, though? This is from Sterlius. Um, uh, he said, look, as, as a Warriors fan, are we in that mix? I, I think at the moment they are. Um, it, currently, they've scored the least amount of points out of any NRL club. It's 24 points so far in four rounds. And if they don't get those those points on the board, I don't see wins coming their way either. So they are definitely still in talks for Wood and Spoon, unfortunately. They've never had it before, but there's always a first time for everything. Well, yes, as he says, never won a title either. He puts in the in the in the, in, in the chat there. Um, we meant you mentioned during the chats there about there being lots of being some blowouts this uh, since the return. Look, we've had a bunch of lopsided results. What is what do we think this is down to? Is it down to the six again? Is it down to uh, not having crowds there and teams just getting down themselves? Is it down to um, how teams have just had handled the lockdown? What what, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think um, look, there's definitely a little bit um, in new rules that have sort of brought, brought a different dynamic to some of the games, but I genuinely don't believe it's because of that. I think that the losses, the blowouts that you've seen, we've seen an absolutely dominant Roosters team, which have been over the last four or five seasons, thrash probably the most inexperienced Broncos team ever. So I don't think that really had anything to do with the new rule changes. I think they're quite fit, those the young lads. Um, and most of the teams are showing good energy levels. Yes, a lot of the teams are showing a little bit of um, uh, tiredness near the end of the games. But no, I think that to blame it on those new rules is, is probably not fair. I, I'm thinking that we're starting to see where teams will end up quite early in this year's competition. Yeah, I think there's a bit of... Um, a, I think with the new rules, it's more about the momentum. I think if a team runs on with a bit, um, a few lucky calls their way and they build some momentum, it is hard to wrestle it back. But teams have shown us that it can be done. Uh, the Titans are a great example. Um, 
Yeah, so let's have a look at the um, leaderboard there as well, Brad. Um, you know, we've got, you know, the Eels and the Knights are at the top there. Um, the Panthers have played well, the Raiders as well. But I still think that the Rabbitohs down in 13th spot, they're part of that mix as well, uh, if you ask me. Um, Bulldogs, they had that win, I think, uh, on the weekend. Um, but other than that, really, really haven't fired too many shots. So those middle teams, those West Tigers, the Bro the Sharks, I think the Broncos, I think you'll see them slip a little bit further. Their confidence levels are shot. But I just think that, yeah, there's going to be three sort of distinctive areas for teams, I think, this year. There'll be those teams that are right at the top. There'll be a middle patch, and then there'll be those that's just going to be fighting for that wooden spoon and struggling. Yeah, you, one thing you didn't mention there that I, that I guess has got to be in the, in the talks, that would be the Roosters as well. You talked about how the Warriors can't win games because they can't score points, but uh, the Roosters, sure, they, they, they sure can score points when it goes their way, can't they? They can indeed, yeah. It's... um. Yeah, attack's very vital, especially with this fast style. So um, if if you want to be in, in with a grin, you've got to start putting some points on the board. Cool. Well, that's our questions from the uh, from the live chat, guys. Um, I'll uh, leave you to uh, preview the, uh, the, the, the the next round. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, look, we'll, we'll start crack, we'll crack into round five, and um, let's hope our picks are a little bit better this week than they were last week, Brad. But... Um, on Thursday night, we've got the Eagles, um, the, the Manny Seagulls that is playing the Broncos. Seagulls, um, not surprising, paying $1.21 to the Broncos, $4.35 um, at Central Coast Stadium on the weekend. So that should be um, a fantastic game for the Eagles, I think, because I don't think the Broncos have got any show of hope of winning that game. No, no. So I've picked, I've picked the Eagles as well. Um, Eagles have been looking good and the Broncos haven't. So um, the the inclusion of Ben Teo will give them a little bit of um, beef in the middle, but I think the Eagles are just going to be too strong. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that um, so we're both going for the Eagles. Uh, we're, we're both putting the Eagles down to win that one. Um, on Friday night, we've got the Warriors um, at, versus the Cowboys at Central Coast Stadium. Warriors paying two eighty five to the Cowboys, dollar forty two. Brad. Yeah. Um, Normally, I'd like to to back the Warriors on this one, but I'm going with the Cowboys. Um, they both didn't play well last week, but I just think the Cowboys forwards are going to do the job, and then their halves are more exciting and create more potential to score. So, until the Warriors can figure out how to attack properly, I don't see them picking up a win. Yeah, unfortunately, I'd have to agree with you on that one. I don't. Have, I, I'm going the Cowboys this weekend. I think that they. Traditionally, we've we've had good games against the Cowboys, and we've actually notched up a few decent wins um, against them, and we generally play pretty good against them. But yeah, I just think that um, yeah, we, we, after seeing the Warriors against the Panthers, um, and you know what the Cowboys can do, I think that they will be too strong for us on come the weekend. Yeah, exactly. And then next up on Friday night, we've got the the Eels against the Panthers. Uh, Eels are paying a dollar forty four to the Panthers two seventy five. And I think it's going to be a rinse and repeat um, of what we just said about the Warriors-Cowboys. I think the Eels will run the Panthers off the park. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, obviously, we've got Nathan Cleary coming back into the mix. So um, it's actually shaping up to be quite an exciting game, that one. I think there's definitely one to look out for this weekend. Um, one of the games of the round, I would say. Um, it's, it's going to be, a, a, obviously, a Friday night game. So um, we, we can expect to see uh, a few points uh, put on offer from both both sides i reckon 
Yeah, it'll be a, it could be a potential game of the round. Um, but then on Saturday we see the Rabbitohs versus the Titans. Rabbits are paying a dollar twenty-five to the Titans three ninety. Um, the the Titans showed spirit, but the Rabbitohs I think are going to be hurting from that loss against Storm. Are going to come out and get the win. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. I think the Rabbitohs well, deserve deserve favourites for the game. I don't know if three nineties. Um, I'd be putting some money on that if I was a betting man, uh, because I think that's a bit um, that's a bit hard on the old Titans. They had a they didn't win the week before, but they they played a solid game and they were in the contest. Uh, they won on the weekend, and that was a grind against. Okay, perhaps not the best team in the NRL and in the Tigers, but um, hey, I'm really looking forward to seeing the Titans give them again what I would like to call a contest. You know. Um, if they can stay in the contest for as long as 60, 70 minutes, who knows what can happen in the last 10, 20 minutes. And they showed that on the weekend. So they came away with the points there. And, um, hey, um, I'm looking forward to that game. But I have got the Rabbits to win. Yeah, same same here. So uh, before we go on, I just saw a question by Simon asking about the fixtures that you can see there, if the Australian times or not. There are Australian times on there. So yeah. I think you just add two hours for our times here. Um, but then that leads us to the Knights versus the Storm. Uh, Knights are 235 against the Storm 160. Um, I'm going with the Storm, but I think it's going to be a hell of a game seeing how the Knights played last week. Yeah, I think um, you know you could get quite overexcited about the fact that you know the Knights beat the Raiders. You've got to remember that was one of the worst Raiders performances we've seen in a very long time. And it was a very, very good performance by the Knights. So... Um, if those two teams were to meet the game this weekend, I don't know if I'd be picking automatically the Knights to beat the Raiders again. And in saying that, I think that the Storm will be too strong for them. Hey, it'll be a great game. I don't, I don't doubt that, but I don't think that the Knights are going to beat the Storm. Um, the Storm really last week showed, uh, sorry, on the weekend they did show that they have quickly done a little bit of homework. You know, Bellamy here doesn't muck around. He'll get the lads in there. He would have overanalyzed it. He would have beaten them up and been like, "Look, guys, we have to." come out and win this game. There's no ifs, buts, or maybes. And they did yeah. that quite clinically um, against the uh, against the Rabbitohs on the weekend. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going the Storm. Yeah, and then uh, next up was the the Tigers versus the Raiders. So the Tigers are paying $3.35 to the Raiders, $1.32. Um, but like we talked earlier, I think it was a wake-up call for the Raiders, and I think they're going to be too strong for the Tigers. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, uh, the, the Tigers got a few issues. Obviously, they've dumped Marshall. I um, don't know if that was the right move at this time. Um, and the Raiders, they'll be hurting from that loss on the weekend. So they're going to come out, uh, you know, and play some strong footy. Obviously, it's a very much a traditional uh, rivalry between um, the West Tigers, formerly known as Balmain, of course, against the Canberra. So, there's, you know, um, and is the crowd back this weekend in Australia, Brad, or is that just for Super Rugby fixtures over here? It's just for over here. I know they're still trying to push it, but um, there's been nothing yet. So, okay. um, yeah, you can only watch it live if um, you're in New Zealand right now. No, yeah, no. So, yeah, definitely I'm um, going for, um, you know, I definitely tip the Raiders to um, win that one on the, uh, comfortably. Yeah, and then on to Sunday, we've got the Bulldogs against the Roosters. Uh, Bulldogs are paying $6.50 to the Roosters $1.11 and... Um, yeah, I think the Roosters the roosters are going to do some horrible things to the Bulldogs, unfortunately. Yeah, poor old Dean Pay and the Bulldogs, um, you know, coming up against the Roosters outfit who slammed 59 points on the team. Yeah, um, I'd be very, very careful about 
um, that 10 metres, I'd be keeping a very, very tight 10 metres and where I can, um, I'd be sort of, I'd be pushing, I'd be pushing the boundaries really on the penalty to try and stop this Roosters flow of attack because if they get going, um, they can put some points on you and they're probably so far, you know, they're the most punishing side so far in the competition. Um, but also, um, they haven't had any tight tussles at, against top teams at the at the top of the table. But I think that they are going to be a team that's going to be, again, there, thereabouts, because the Roosters, they're always come to play. So yeah. um, I'm backing them in on the weekend. Yeah, same here. So and then the last game of the round is the Dragons versus the Sharks. Dragons are paying $2.50 to the Sharks, $1.53. Um, you'd have to be crazy to go with the Dragons. So I'm sticking with the Sharks here. I think... The, the talk about Sean seems to have um, got the Sharks players a bit upset as well. So I think they'll be out to prove something. And um, unfortunately, the Dragons are just going to go down again. Yeah, well, the Sharks coming off that victory on the weekend, I think that they were um, – they'll take a little bit away from that. I don't know if um, it's it's a turning point in their season. I mean – uh, it's, it's it's it seems like a shortened season. I know that there's still quite a few games to go, but I think that um, yeah, they've just got to uh, keep away from the drama and just you know concentrate on on giving Sean a little bit more board, but also Sean uh, taking it to the line and and getting a bit more physically involved. I think that is a must if this team is going to win a competition this year. Yeah, definitely. I um, yeah, I, I'm so just. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Brad. We've got our. Oh, I was yeah. going to say we've, we've got our picks here. We'll just clarify the picks for the listeners. Um, so we're both going with the Eagles on Saturday night. We've got the Cowboys. Um, I'm going for the Panthers uh, against the Eels. Um, yeah. We're both picking the Rabbitohs and the Storm and the Raiders, and of course the Roosters and Sharks. So there's only um, one game there, Brad, that we are picking a different team this weekend. So it should be interesting to see how many we get. Of course, it's not about um, you and I seeing how much we get against each other, seeing if we can actually pick the ones that actually win it yes, yeah. um, rugby league enthusiasts. So should be interesting to see. Yeah, fingers crossed we get a bit more right this week. Yes, hope so. Um, much better than last week, Brad. Yeah. All right, so um, before we before we sign off, we'll talk about some international and women's rugby league. So um, there's been some updates on both sides. So the Super League... Uh, has started meetings to get their season back underway. Um, they're potentially talking about getting the grand final played late November, early December. So it'd be good to see them get back into the swing of things. What that does for the players that are leaving the Super League to come to NRL next year, I'm not too sure with that pushback time, if that means they're going to be late starting next season for, for the clubs. Um, there hasn't been any clarification on that, but it'll be good for the UK to get some league back up and running yeah definitely like um you know we, we, we all keep an eye on the super league and particularly the kiwis in the super league so um i don't know what's going to happen internationally in terms of uh, international fixtures this, this year i'm guessing they'll just can it because they don't really pay too much attention to it anyway but um yeah there hasn't been any news on that but we'll, we'll keep you updated um if there is any news on what they're planning to do um internationally if anything i can only really imagine there'd be a a trans-Tasman match. I don't think that they'd be going further abroad um, at this stage. So now let's see what happens. And, of course, um, we've got the women's NRL returning. Um, now, you're saying starting in September, Brad? Yeah, I heard it's starting September. I believe November is the origin. Um, okay. 
girls clash, but it's um, still, they were looking at expanding the teams, but with everything that's gone on, they've stuck with the original four, which is the Broncos, the Dragons, the Roosters, and the Warriors. So um, it's good to see the Warriors are still going to have a team in there because there were talks about them putting it off for a year. But uh, it'll be good to see them get some get some girl football out there, same as same as last year. They're going to start up in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, really exciting to see that they're they're still going to get some time in the sun. You know, good opportunity for the um the, the you know the women in the game. So um, it's good that they didn't. I mean, there were thoughts of sort of just um you know pushing their competition to the side for the rest of the year, but because they only play I know a limited amount of games. But I think they've done. They've made a good decision in trying to marry it in with the final series. So, yeah, look, um, well, that sort of wraps it up tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So, thanks for tuning in, and uh, you know, on here, on on here, on the air tonight on New Zealand Sports Radio, and joining our um, latest show, the Standoff with Sanj and Brad. Yeah, and for your uh, weekly update on rugby league, tune into our podcast on iHeartRadio or on Facebook. Just search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Good evening. Talk to you next week. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.